Now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. And we'll jump right into it. Normally we begin the show with the week in review. Uh, we're still kind of going to do that. Uh, but, you know, we, we don't want to talk about the Charlotte game the other night uh, or last night. We'll, we'll, that was bad. Um, really, really bad. So, oh, God. And then, you know, the other games yeah. were nice wins. But the big headline or stories here with, with this week in review was obviously Saturday night with the return of Carmelo Anthony and, and all the headlines that we saw there. So let's jump right into it. Uh, now the game Saturday was obviously the return for Carmelo Anthony at the Garden. And where I want to start with this chip is the introduction. Uh, that the Knicks played the the video in, um, the video tribute is what it what it was for him uh, his moments with the Knicks, and there was a lot of great ones. Um, so. Chip, the video tribute and the fans' reaction, there were mostly cheers. Uh, did you think that he would get a lot of boos? Were you a little surprised by the crowd that gave him a nice hand when he was being introduced and they did the video tribute for him? No, I thought he'd get all cheers, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't like a, <clears throat> it wasn't like a LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Paul George thing. I mean, Melo wanted to stay. You know, he was basically forced out the door. You know, and everybody knows that. So it's not like he demanded a trade or anything. He mm. he was pushed to the limit. Uh, he he loves New York. Loved New York. Loves New York. Uh, in a perfect world, he'd still be there. Uh, although, would the Knicks be as good? As they are, not that they're anything special, but would they be a whatever 500 team right now, or would yeah. they be a sub 500 team if yeah. Melo were still there? That's that's the question. Would you be holding them back? And the probable answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So, but was I surprised uh, that he got as many boos as he got throughout the game? Though. Uh, no, because I figured once the game yeah. starts, this is New York. It doesn't matter who's on the other yep. team. He's he's the enemy. So, um, I figured he'd get booed throughout the game. And yeah, um, yeah, that didn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I put in an article the day before the game about how fans shouldn't boo him. Um, and, and there were some boos. There are some people who just simply do not like Camelo Anthony, and it's whatever. That's their opinion. Um, but I think the oh, majority yeah. of the crowd has appreciated what he was able to do with the Knicks because there were some good. Yes, there, the last few years were very disappointing, 
Um, you know, as you just mentioned, what kind of team would we be without him, or, or what, what kind of team we would be with him right now? Right now, the Knicks are sixteen and fourteen, and and to be honest, we started the last two seasons kind of like this. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, if he was still on the team, I bet you would kind of be where we're at right now. Wouldn't have shocked me. Maybe a couple more wins, um, but. The reaction from the crowd, I thought, was great. That they gave him, you know, the, the respect that he deserves by giving him a nice round of applause. I guess you can call it a nice, you know, ovation. And um, I wasn't shocked by the way the game went when they, like you said, Chip, he is on the other team. So when the game starts and he gets booed, that's the way it should be. You're trying to beat him now. You know, he had his moment. Now the game starts, and now he's an enemy, and we we got to beat him. Um, so it was very, uh, I thought very cool by the crowd and, and what the Knicks did to kind of start off the game. Um, cause I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure what was going to happen to be honest. Uh, I didn't know. Cause you remember chip last year, he was getting booed. He was getting booed yeah. at the garden. So I didn't know how fans were going to react to him. Um, but I, I thought, you know, they did the right thing. Uh, I mean, that's the thing about Nick fans. We we appreciate um, talented players. And Carmelo Anthony is a, a very talented player. It's just one of those things that ran its course, and it was best for us to move on. Now, my next question, Chip, were you a little disappointed that we didn't see Przingis in this game? I know he got hurt, but would you were you disappointed that we didn't get to see round two of the teacher versus the student? Very disappointed. Mm-hmm. To me, it to me it wasn't the same without Porzingis in that game yep. because you know it's never going to be the same after the first go around, uh, no matter what. With him in terms of coming back the second time when he comes back, but uh, you know it, it just it sucks that Porzingis didn't play because it didn't have the same thing that it would have had if like. Uh, you know, if he'd have guarded Porzingis in the post or Porzingis had guarded him in the post, that would have been like the uh, the Twitter moment if, like, Porzingis had smoked him in the post or something, you know? Mm-hmm. That would have been the moment that everyone yep. would have tweeted about. and Or if Melo had smoked Porzingis in the post. Same thing. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, you definitely miss Porzingis. But, uh, look, at it was definitely still a cool night, very entertaining night. It really was. Yeah, I mean, I wanted Przingis to play as well because I think, you know, what would be really cool about this is, yes, they played opening night. So they got that out of the way. But, you know, the Garden has been dominated by the Knicks, and it's really turned into Przingis' playground. So just kind of yes. – it was Melo's playground for, you know, five, six seasons – so it would have been nice to see Przingis just light it up and, and it be a true passing of the torch, kind of sort of to speak. You know, it, it would have been a, a pretty cool thing to watch. So it definitely was a little disappointing not to see Przingis out there. But I guess the big picture is that we need him healthy. So if he wasn't able to go, there's no sense of pushing it, um, which leads me to the next question about this. Chip, how impressed were you? With the Knicks' effort and the and their victory that they were able to pull out, they didn't have Porzingis. They, obviously, they're missing Tim Hardaway Jr. Cantor is not a hundred percent, but yet this team still found 
a collective effort. Michael Beasley looked like the guy that Beasley said that he could be. Um, maybe not to the extent of a Durant or a Braun, but still very darn productive. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. So how impressed were you with this team win? Yeah, I was incredibly impressed. I mean, wow. First of all, Oklahoma City has some serious problems. As impressed as I was with the Knicks, the fact that they couldn't beat uh, the fact that they couldn't beat us with our two leading scores being out, that says a lot about them because they had their three top guns, and uh, that that said a lot. I don't care that Stephen Adams play. Yeah, you know, I uh, uh, they still should have won that game. But anyway, as far as as far as we go, I mean, because Cantor didn't even have that big a game. He had ten points and five rebounds. Uh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. But as far as Beasley goes, wow. I mean, 30 points, 11 of 18, uh, he may not have a, a game really like that again, but <laughs> this season. But, you know, it was very impressive. Uh, McDermott was good. Yes, he was. Uh, the, be- the bench was good. O'Quinn was, as you know, as usual, dependable. But Ron Baker, man, he really, he really stepped up. Chip, he's starting to shoot the basketball. And make it. Yeah, at three threes. Yeah. yeah. You know, Frank Nielakino only played 13 minutes because Baker was playing so well. Yep. And he didn't score. But, uh, yeah, so that was ever so people were pointing that out how Frank didn't score in the game. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was good to see Beasley play like that. And, uh, yeah, the, it was to see the Knicks beat a what we assume will at some point be a playoff team yeah. when we assume they'll, turn they'll it get it January. Together. Yeah, I, God, we, it's getting a little tiresome to say, okay, so he's going to turn it around and rip off 10 wins in a row. Who knows, really? Yeah. Who knows if they're even going to be good? They could be the Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant Lakers. That's it's, true. They're looking more and more like, they're looking more and more like the Dwight Kobe Lakers, to be You're honest. Right there, yeah. You're right. But, but uh, but um, yeah, that it was a great win without Hardaway and Porzingis. I, I don't care what. I think any a win against any team uh, without your two top scores is a good win. But a win with a win against a team that's probably going to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, that's a uh, that's a very good win, and uh, you know. It's not like Russell Westbrook didn't play well. Russell Westbrook played well. Paul George didn't play great, but yeah. oh God, Melo was Melo was horrendous. Yeah, he, he was. tried to force it all night, and he was you know he was playing the same kind of basketball that drove us crazy for years. Yeah, and it was like, dude, this is why so many. This is why all of your haters wanted you gone. Like. And it's like just wa- just watching them. It was like, wow, do they even have an offense? It's like they're just rolling the ball out and saying, okay, Russell's going to shoot on this one, Bell's going to shoot on this one, and Paul George is going to shoot on this one. It's like if you're Jeff Warnacek, you're like, okay, these guys, unless Russell Westbrook is hot, these guys are pretty easy to guard. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a it was a it was a cool game to watch. It was. Yeah, I think Mello was awful. Um, I think he looked like he was pressing at times. Like he was just trying to light up the Knicks, you know. I think he kind of downplayed that 
it's another game. You know, you hear all that kind of stuff. But I, I think he wanted to come in and have a big performance at the Garden, kind of really stick it to us there. And he was awful. And last night's game was even worse for him. He had four points. Uh, so he is in some kind of shooting funk right now. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just they're not comfortable yet with each other. It, it could be that. But Melo hasn't looked like himself as of late. He, he's really struggling to shoot the basketball. I think he rushed his shot. And like you said, Chip, we saw a lot of what we saw when he was with the Knicks, you know, forcing up tough contested shots. Which, yes, I know Carmelo Anthony can make them. But it's a tough shot, and you're making yourself – when you score, you're having to work very hard to score. And that's – he he's better than that to force up shots. He can do some moves to give him more space to get off his shot. He simply just wasn't able to do it. Um, so it was good for the Knicks to see him struggle. I'll tell you what, I mean, because if he's, if he's on, it would have been a long night for us. I think the first game of the year, he played very well. Um, you know, he hit a couple of big shots it, early on in the in the first time we played them. That just was not the case on Saturday, and it was a great team win. I felt like with no Przingis, guys really stepped up. Uh, it was multiple guys. It wasn't just one guy. I know Beasley kind of led the way with 30 points, but a lot of the guys coming off the bench, if we don't get the performance that guys like McDermott, like you said, Baker, uh, O'Quinn, we don't win that game. So it was it was a one of those wins that you can really circle and say this was a complete team win. So it, it was a great great uh, performance by the Knicks. It makes me wonder what the heck happened last night against Charlotte because that was a terrible. Now that's a game that you don't watch the film on because they didn't do a single thing right last night when they just got whooped. I think it was like 109-91. It was pitiful. It was awful. But that's all the time that we have for this segment. When we come back, we are going to talk about the G League. Some of the G League players at Westchester Knicks, guys like Trey Burke, and we're going to be joined by ESMY writer Danny Small, who recently has covered this G League team, so he'll give us a little bit more insight on what some of the guys in the G League are doing, so we'll be back in just a moment. Hi everybody, this is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. So right before the break we talked about how we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Westchester Knicks, some of the main pieces of that team that could perhaps have a future with the Knicks this season. And joining us on this segment is ESMY writer Danny Small. So Danny, thank you for coming on and being a part of the show with us today. Thanks for having me guys. Uh yeah, I'm excited to uh talk a little G League, talk a little uh Westchester Knicks. And that is the G League. I got to remember that. I might mess yeah. up and call it the D League at least six times during this yeah. segment. So bear with me, people. I might screw up. What else is new? Um, but let's, let's jump right into it, Danny. You wrote a piece a few weeks ago featuring some of the top uh, G League Westchester Nick players, such as like guys like Trey Burke. Um, so you're following up a little bit with them. Can you just give uh, the audience – you know, I, I kind of that maybe not follow Westchester, some of the key players and guys that could be on the Knicks maybe some point this year or in the future? 
Yeah, um, right now, well, I wrote about uh, Trey Burke, who he's uh, he's actually, I think right now, um, he's the second leading scorer in the G League overall. Uh, he's averaging 27 a game, 5.6 assists. So he's kind of been, you know, the, the workhorse for Westchester. Um, and, you know, Trey Burke, he was a lottery pick, went to the Jazz, kind of struggled there. Um, he's a guy who's, he's, the G League could be good for him to kind of refine his career a little bit. Um, and I, I basically just talked about how he could be an option a little bit later in the year because, you know, Ramon Sessions, he doesn't have much of a future with the team. I mean, past this year, um, Jared Jack, who knows, you know, what, what the deal with him is after this year. I mean, I like what he's doing now, but, um, I basically just talked about how Trey Burke could be a compliment to Niakina because Niakina is, you know, he's a defender, maybe doesn't have so much of a shot. Trey Burke is more of a, you know, find your shot kind of point guard off the bench who can uh, light it up a little bit. So I think, you know, eventually it's going to be time where the Knicks might have to uh, make a decision and, you know, bring him up and see what he's got at the uh, at the New York Knicks level more than, uh, you know, the G League level. Yeah. And who are some of the other players that the Knicks are, are very high on and that we could see have an impact for the Knicks, maybe even this year or maybe – a little bit down the road. Who are some of the other big name guys? Well, two of the guys that they have right now on the two way contracts, um, and each each team that has a G League affiliate, you're allowed to have two um, two two way guys who can play on the G League team and come up to the uh, the NBA without really any type of uh, any type of trouble there. And you'd have Nigel Hayes there and Luke Cornett. So those guys are available to come up to the Knicks whenever. The problem with them is we know uh, Luke Cornett is a center, and that's a position, you know, there's a lot of guys there at the uh, center for the Knicks right now. So I wouldn't be – or I would be a little bit more surprised to see him come up. But Nigel Hayes, he's having an okay year. Um, he's a rookie. And then you have a guy like Isaiah Hicks who came out at, uh, at a UNC, and he's having a really, really nice uh, year so far for – um, Westchester. He's averaging 16 points a game, nine rebounds, and he gives you a little, uh, versatility there at three and the four. You play a little defense. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked to see Isaiah Hicks, Trey Burke, Nigel Hayes, even Luke Cornett, um, actually play some games for the Knicks this year. Um, but I really think the one guy out of this that you got to take a look at the most is, you know, going back to Trey Burke. He's actually right now, he, is the G League player of the week the last two weeks. Um, so he's been lighting it up. I think he's had a couple 40 point games. Um, so it's definitely, you know, definitely something for the Knicks to look at and see what they have down there. Well, Danny, like you just said, uh, you think the guy that's more likely to potentially be on the Knicks roster this year is Trey Burke. And the Knicks have a few veteran point guards, guys like Raymond Sessions and um, Jared Jack. Is it one of those things where one of those guys, and probably not even Jack, because Jack has been a godsend since you know, yeah, putting say, yeah, into Jack starting rotation. But he's, he's pretty solid there. Yeah, he he has solidified the the point guard position for us early on. It's been a great starter. Um, Definitely for somebody like Sessions, who's fallen out of the rotation. If Burke continues to play like this, how soon do you think it is? That we see him. I think they can't come up until like January, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jan- January is when the 10 day contracts start, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not a complete expert on how you know all the contracts and yeah. stuff works because it can get really confusing there. Um, 
But I think, yeah, January, definitely that's when the 10-way contracts start. You know, even if it's something like, you know, somebody goes down for an injury for, you know, a couple weeks, they maybe call them up. Trey Burke gets a couple minutes here and there, and, you know, they think they might have something over Sessions. I could see them definitely turning the page on Sessions and then keeping Trey Burke. Because, I mean, he's a former lottery pick, so you know he's got talent. He's young. Um, and like I was saying before, him and Nia Keen are kind of a little bit different players, so they could, you know, play off of each other pretty well. Um, and Trey Burke, you know, if, if he keeps progressing at the rate that he is right now, he could turn into a second unit score. Um, definitely, you know, someone valuable in the league. And Chip, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, me and you talked several times about the point guard position and, uh, we, we see Trey Burke is just tearing it up in the G league. Do you think this season he could have an impact for us, do you think somebody like you know Sessions could be on his way out? And do you think Trey Burke, who, as Danny said, was a lottery pick at one point, is can he be a steal for the Knicks? Do you do you think that that potential's there? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I think he was a lottery pick, but there's a reason he's on. He's with his third organization at the end of 25. You know, he was an incredible college player. You know, National Player of the Year at two, in 2013. But there's a reason the Jazz traded him after three seasons. Uh, he's wildly inconsistent with his shot. Uh, and there's a reason that after he opted out last year with Washington, they let him walk because they traded for Brandon Jennings to be their backup point guard. We remember that. Or they didn't trade for him, <clears throat> signed him because the Knicks let him walk and uh, because he wasn't getting the job done. And, uh, yeah, and they didn't try and bring him back. But, yeah, he's 25 years old. He's on his third organization. But it's a tempting thing to be tearing it up in the G League, you know, and you have the kind of cool reunion story. He was on that Michigan team with Tim Hardaway that went to the national championship game back uh, when, in 2012-13. That was an awesome team. I mean, you had Burke, Hardaway, Nick Stauskas, Glenn Robinson the third, Chris Levert. Uh, that team was just absolutely loaded. But uh, it's a cool story, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at some point. But if you guys remember, Jason Randall absolutely destroyed in the D-League two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's or, uh, the G-League. I said it first. There yep. you go. You're messing up, Joe. Um, <laughs> yep, there you go. Um so it is the G League at the heart of it. And a guy, look, a guy like Trey Burke should be destroying in the G League. So a guy I really like the idea of getting a call up is Luke Cornett. Okay. Um, you know, he's put up, he's put up over a hundred threes. He's 46 out of 106 from three point range. That's 43% from three point. Uh, he's a legitimately good shooter. And he's, I think he's, what, like, I think he's legit seven foot. He's listed as yeah. seven foot. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's a, I think he's a legit foot. seven foot. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, I, I want to see him at some point. Uh, um, I know the big man rotation is, is crowded already, but the Knicks are a bad three point shooting team. And I just, I think that he'd be a big help. So. 
it'd be nice to have somebody stretch the floor other than Courtney Lee because Porzingis isn't trying to take any threes right now. And Danny, kind of going back to you, earlier you said that, you know, being in the G League for Trey Burke can, you know, benefit maybe perhaps regain some confidence maybe. Um, you know, because his pro career really has not, hasn't been really that great if you're if you're just going to come out and yeah. say it. Um, how realistic do you think, you know, it would be for him, cause similar to the question I just asked Chip, if he was to be called up, how realistic do you think of a chance that he can actually provide the Knicks with some production and perhaps be a steal for us? You know, I'm, I mean, I, I get everything that Chip is saying, you know, and he could very, very well be right that, you know, Trey Burke maybe does get a chance and he shows us why, you know, why Utah let him go and why Washington didn't have any problem letting him go. Um, but I think that he could possibly give us some scoring out of, um, the backup point guard position or even that third slot. Um, not that that gets too much, but too much, uh, play, but you know, he could maybe play a little off guard too with Niakina. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a possibility there. And my big thing is, I don't know if it's definitely going to work, but I think it's a better option than keeping Ramon sessions around for the rest of the year. <laughs> you know, I just, I just don't see you getting anything out of Ramon sessions other than garbage minutes here and there. Yeah, I, I agree with you because, look, what the Knicks are trying to do is get younger. So you have a veteran yep. like Sessions who's warming up the bench. Why not just get rid of him at this point and, and bring somebody exactly, yeah. who is younger? So, yeah, I, I certainly agree with you there, Danny. And um, you know, we, and I, we, do, I do agree with Chip on Luke Cornett. I think he's going to be a pretty good player. I remember him – you know, last few years at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and he just would shoot the lights out. Yep. You know, like like nobody's business. So I I agree with Chip there. I just like I was saying before, it is a uh, you know logjam at the uh, the yeah. big man position. Yeah, unless somebody yeah. gets traded, I, I I don't see him being called up uh, this year. I think he he can have an impact later on down the road, but yep. Uh, you know that's that's all the time we're gonna have for this segment. Uh, Danny, thank you for joining us. Um, we, we plan to have you on more to talk about the Westchester Knicks and, and not just the G League team. Maybe you know get into some of the topics that we discuss on the show. So thank you for your time and being a part of the show today. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to uh, doing it again. I'll talk to you. All right. And when we come back from the break, we are going to talk a little bit about the Christmas Day game. Um, against the Philadelphia 76ers. And Chip and I are going to share our favorite Christmas game moment. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. We're going to preview a little bit of the Knicks and 76er game that's coming up on Christmas. Um, the next time we'll do this show, we will do one next week. It'll just obviously be after Christmas. So it would be next Tuesday when we record, so after the game. So uh, we'll preview this, and then we'll also pick 
one of our favorite Christmas moments. The Knicks have played several times on Christmas. I know mine already right off the top of the bat. It wasn't that long ago, um, but we'll share that in just a minute. So, Chip, um, this is the first time that these two teams will meet this, this season. Uh, we know about the 76ers. We, we kind of talked about this before when we talked about the Knicks' schedule, some of the key uh, games on it, you know, way back a few months ago. But this is the first time we'll be seeing this 76er team, their uh, arrival of ours. They're, they're relevant for the first time in years. Uh, how excited are for, for you for this game? I'm very excited. I mean, the Sixers, uh, the Sixers are fun to watch. You know, I've watched a, a lot of them for the first time in a long time. I've watched a lot of Sixers games. I don't know how much of them you've watched, Matt, but Ben Simmons, man, he is impressive. 17 points a game, eight assists, and nine rebounds. I mean, wow. He's playing point guard. He's, average, he's a rookie. Averaging 37 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, Chiefs. Wow. Like, he is, he is, I mean, technically not even a rookie, but far and away on another level from all these other guys, in my opinion. But, wow, he's so good. But, of course, what we all want to see, Embiid versus Portingas, that's always fun. But, yeah. For me, I just want to see Ben Simmons play as much as possible. He's so fun to watch. Even with no jump shot whatsoever, he's so cool. And, look, I know it's a a long shot to see Markel Fultz healthy by then because God knows. I mean, does he even exist anymore? Nobody ever even talks about him. But, yeah, it'd be cool to see Markel Fultz play. Another guy who they have who we've talked about. I'm a Duke fan on this podcast. One of my favorite Duke players of all time. They have now too. J.J. Reddick on that that team. Uh, He's playing well. Also 17 points a game. Uh, You know, not his best numbers. Uh, Three point percentage. And this says a lot about him that say not his best numbers when he's shooting 39% for three point range on 6.7 attempts, but uh, typically he's over 40%. So I, I guess I assume he'll get it, uh, he'll move it up higher as the season goes on, but he's getting used to his new offense. But yeah, and of course 95% from uh, the free throw line. So I think uh, the Knicks will have their work cut out for them in this game. Uh, they're playing a good team. And, of course, there's also a chance that Embiid might not play and that uh, Porzingis might not play, and there's a chance that both of them might not play. But I think the fact that uh, it's at the Garden gives the Knicks a good shot. So I think they're so good there that I probably will give them the edge. Because the Sixers, another thing, the Sixers are also pretty inconsistent. Um, so I, I'm going to give the Knicks the edge on this one because they're at home. If it was in Philly, I'd definitely give Philly the edge. Yeah, I agree with you. And look, when you talk about Ben Simmons, it's pretty impressive that he's doing this and he didn't play all last season. He took a year off with the foot injury yep. and he's still just putting up big numbers. He hasn't played in over a year. And. Has looked incredible. Um, you know, and just 
an example of another fine, young, talented prospect in the NBA. Because there's such good young talent. There's so many guys that uh, the future is bright for the NBA with, with stars that are coming up. And he's certainly one of them. Obviously, you got Joel Embiid. Um, we, we talked about this before, not to kind of go over what kind of what we talked about a few months ago, but we talked about that intriguing matchup of Brzingis and Embiid. That is going to be fun to watch. Hopefully, Brzingis will be ready to play by then. I think he will. Um, you know, he's been game time decision the last couple of games, so he, he's probably very close to coming back. So I'm very excited um, for that matchup. And look, this is a this is a game that the Knicks need to win because the 76ers and the Knicks right now are certainly looking like they're going to be battling it out for one of these playoff spots. Yes, I, I'm saying it. The Knicks are in a position for a playoff run. A still long way to go. Like I've said, we've seen this story it. before. You jinxed it. Yeah, you jinxed it. I, I might have jinxed it, but but like we talked about, is it really worth being an eighth seed in the first place? So if we're that's what we're competing for, we might as well just drop out, in my opinion. Um, I know <laughs> Nick fans are saying, oh, you're not a Nick fan. Whatever. We'll get swept in the first round. I know it's a pride thing. And don't get me wrong, we make the playoffs as an eighth seed. I'm going to be there screaming my head off, cheering like we're going to pull off an upset. But if you look at the big picture and draft positions, that's what I think is more important. But back on to the, the topic of this, we're going to be battling Philadelphia for a playoff spot. I think anywhere from the 6th to the 8th seed, these are the kind of games that we have to win. As you just mentioned, we're at home. We don't seem to lose at home. I think we're 14-5 and five or something like that at the Garden. I feel very good about this game. Hopefully. Because, I, as I said before, when the Knicks lose on Christmas, it ruins my Christmas. Somebody asked me today, what do I want for Christmas? I said a Nick win. That's what I want. So they better not disappoint me. Or my Christmas will be ruined. I won't even eat dinner. I'm lying. I'm lying. The dinner's good. Turkey's good. Uh, so I made that up. Um, and if we lose, I'm not going to be in a very pleasant mood when LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors play. So I want to just feel good all the way through the deck. That's what I want to see. I'm very, very excited for this matchup. I think it's a very good 12 o'clock game to get it started because when they picked this game early on, I thought it was a joke that we're playing on Christmas Day. I'll admit that. I said that. Um, it's obviously recorded, so anybody could find that. I said this is going to be a joke that we're playing on Christmas Day. Um, but so far, we're playing pretty well. So it's actually looking like it was a good decision and a good game. But really quick before we wrap up the show, um, let's, let's pick one moment that we can remember about the Knicks playing on Christmas uh, again, we played on Christmas several times. So, Chip, what is your favorite memory? Anything that you can just think of, the last memory you have from a, a Nick Christmas game? Well, there's not a lot of memories I have of the Knicks playing on Christmas from being alive. From when I was a lot, from when I was alive, because they haven't played on Christmas a lot when I was alive. You know, all the best Knicks memories are from before me and you were born, like the Patrick Ewing uh, making the buzzer beater over Michael Jordan. Uh, That was in 1986, so that was three years before I was born. But something that I thought was really cool was like a few years back, uh, 2012, 
when Mello and Kobe went head to head. And, uh, you know, it was around the time, like, of uh, Mello's free agency, and people were talking about him playing with Kobe and stuff. And uh, uh, the game was in L.A., and uh, it was just, the Knicks ended up losing, but it was also, it was, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, the Dwight Kobe uh, Lakers, uh, me and you. And uh, that was that team and everybody was also talking about the dysfunction with them. And it was just really cool to see them go back and forth at each other. Cause like I said, people were talking about them playing together and, uh, everybody knew they were friends and they were the two isolation guys in the league at the time, the top two. And it, it was always fun to see them play against each other. And it was a very, competitive rivalry and Melo's not a very competitive guy, but I felt like whenever one of these guys, no matter what kind of guy they were, when they went up against Kobe, they wanted to beat him. Yep. <laughs> Even Melo, who didn't have much of a mean streak in him, he wanted to beat Kobe. My memory, it's not too long ago, um, even though it feels like it's a long time ago, was Christmas Day two thousand eleven. It was the actually the start of the NBA season that year because this, the first month or so, first couple of months were locked out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. basketball started on Christmas Day, and the Knicks opened against the Boston Celtics. The Knicks went on to win that game 106-104 as Carmelo Anthony hit one of his clutch shots. I remember his reaction, you know, kind of hopping in the air with the powerful fist pump and slapping hands with the fans on the court side after he drilled the shot. That was that. What that's probably the last fun memory I have of the Knicks on Christmas. We got the win. It was an incredible game. Both teams going back and forth. Um, I'm looking at the box score from this game. Rondo had 31 and 13. Ray Allen dropped 20. And then you look over the Knicks side. Mello has a 37 points, eight rebounds. Marius Stoudemire 21 points. Tony Douglas had 19 that day. Um, not too often you can mention Tony Douglas in something. But 19 points that day, that was, to me, uh, the last great memory for the Knicks on Christmas Day. I think that game um, was so much fun. I remember how pumped up I was for the game and screaming. I think I lost my voice by the end of it. So I'm kind of hoping the game's not as dramatic this Christmas. We just get the win. You know, there's nothing wrong by winning by 30 and being an awful game as long as we win. And my as heart long rate as we doesn't win. go up. Yeah. My heart rate doesn't go up. So I, I'm all for it. As long as we don't get blown out, I'm all for it. I would love to see mm-hmm. the Knicks get a blowout victory. Even though the games that, you know, are, are neck and neck and the Knicks just edge out are more exciting. I just don't think my heart can take it. I don't. But – I think that's all the time that we have for today's episode. We will be back next week, uh, the day after Christmas. We are planning to record, uh, so we will be back next week. And we'll have plenty more to talk about, as always. And uh, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. We hope everybody has fun with their, their family and friends and make smart decisions once again. I know sometimes Christmas and the family and there could be some partying going on. Be smart, people. Be smart. Nick fans, watch the Knicks. Hopefully they don't ruin your Christmas. Hopefully they don't ruin my Christmas or yours, Chip. 
But we'll be back next week.